Welcome to the podcast of Mosaic Church, celebrating diversity within community. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me and I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords between Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land, has, has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did in Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother and my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them, that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was a part of the city wall. She said to them, Go to the hill so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, This oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless we enter the land, unless when we enter the land you have tied the scarlet cord on the window through which you let us down, and unless you have brought your father and mother and your brother and all your family into your house. If any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from this oath that you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away, and as they departed, she tied the scarlet cord on the window. When they left, they went to the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded by the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hand. People are melting in fear because of us. Let's pray. God, would you, uh, our prayer is that we would have faith to follow you and reject the fear that comes so easily. God, would you open up the words of this text? Uh, would you let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing and acceptable to you, O oh God, our rock and our creator. Amen. So, a couple comments very quickly about this story. Um, this story is one of a, of a prostitute who welcomed two men in her home. Wouldn't have been a strange thing for that time. It's likely why two spies chose that area, right? I mean, because they wouldn't have stood out two strangers walking into a prostitute's home. 
interesting thing is, God had been working on this prostitute. It's clear. She professes at the end. Uh, let's see. believe it's the end of, yes, it is verse 11. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear for everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God above, in heaven above and on earth below. That's a powerful statement for someone to make who is not a believer. Uh, in fact, it's such a statement that we could actually say this is not an unbeliever. That she is believing that Yahweh is the Lord of heaven above and on earth below. This was a pagan nation believed in spirituality. They had gods that they prayed to and gods they sacrificed to. And, but here is a pagan woman who is a prostitute proclaiming that Yahweh is Lord over all of heaven and all of earth. It's a pretty scandalous statement. And the first thing that we notice from the book of Joshua, chapter 2, is that faith can come no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situation is. That faith can come. The interesting thing is, the, the spies did not bring this up, right? This was not the spies being sent out, going into her house and proclaiming hey, guess what? This is what's true about God, and we need you to understand this before we go any further. we got to lay out what it is to have faith in God and what it is to believe God and who God is and go through the creation story and all this. She had heard. God had been working in her already. The spies didn't bring it up, but simply had to trust God to lead them to the right place. So that brings me to where we had a shift because first week... Experiencing God, the first paragraph actually, as the writer's laying out, here's my hopes, here's what this study is and my hopes for you. He says this, through this relationship, God reveals his will and invites you to join him where he is at work. God invites you to join him where he is at work. The spies were not sent out to go and do the work of God. The spies actually were sent out and followed God to the place where God led them, to a woman he was already working on, who already had this inclination about who they were, who God was, and what he could do. In fact, if we look at the text... There's an idea that a lot of the people of Jericho had a faith in God. Their hearts were melting in fear because of this. The, song, uh, the, the, the writer of Proverbs tells us that the fear of God is right at the beginning of wisdom. And that's probably true for a lot of us. Uh, I mean, it, it is truth. It is scripture, but... If I look back at my life, I could tell that when I was more closely following God is when I was willing to fear what, what 
potentially would be of my life if I didn't. Uh, that kept me closer to God. That always was what drew me back when I found that I wasn't you know, on the right track, so to speak. When I was younger and I was doing things I shouldn't do, it was that fear of what of who God was, how holy God was, what God had called me to, and how I was re- reacting and acting in the midst of that. Here's a whole country or a whole city, a city country, that was gripped with fear because of who Yahweh was. And this woman proclaims, your God is a God who is over all heaven and earth. The spies just had to join God on the mission that he was already doing. He was already doing a work in this woman's heart. The spies didn't come to bring God to this woman. He just had to go. They just had to be faithful and follow God and go. Which speaks a little bit to us as a, as a church and us as individual Christians. If we're looking to follow God's will, we don't have to be so intent on... I mean, we are taking Jesus with us wherever we go. True. But we don't have to be so intent on, if I don't go, God's not there. We're bringing God to the mission field or we're bringing God into the... Uh, inner city or we're bringing God into the suburbs where, where people are not engaging with Christianity or whatever it is, God's already at work there. A better, a good prayer to pray as we go is, God, show me where you are at work. Help me be a part of what you're already doing. In fact, that's almost a summary of what uh, Henry Blackby says in Experiencing God. It's God, just show me where, where you're already working. What, what do I do? God kept beating that into me this whole week um, as I was reading because I didn't actually see that in verse 2 at first until I read that, until I was going through experience of God. I I read chapter 2. Every day I'll read the whole chapter, praying about it. I'll open up some commentaries and whatnot starting on Monday, and that's kind of my pattern each week. But it just happened to be the first time I read through it on Monday, and I'm doing the day one, week one of experiencing God on Monday, and I, the Holy Spirit just revealed that. Here, here it is. I mean, I, I, I kind of help work with an organization called Forge, which that's the same idea, is that God is already at work. How do we join him in what he's doing? And so that's already kind of in my head. So when you, so when Henry Blackby says that in experience God, I said, yeah, that's great. Then I read Joshua was like, that's exactly what these spies do. They don't bring Jesus to him. God's already working in this prostitute's life. In fact, the faith that Rahab had, so the the second point, is faith is this idea of hearing the truth and letting it influence how you act. There's plenty of people who hear the truth and do not let it influence how they act. And that can be true, spiritually speaking, that can be true... Uh, just in life, if a, if a house is on fire and you're yelling, fire, fire, and you hear that, but you, do, you don't believe it, you don't get out of the house, there are pretty negative consequences, correct? Like if, if you're in a building and it's collapsing and someone says, hey, there's a cop, collapsing, you don't get out, right? Someone says, hey, there's a cliff up above, you may want to slow down, or there's a cop here on this road, you may want to slow down, and you don't, your actions don't, and you either, A, thought you were better than what the, the outcomes could be, or B, you didn't believe that was really true. So faith is this idea of hearing the truth, but also letting it influence your actions. And that's exactly what Rahab did. 
Rahab heard what God was doing and believed him. Rahab heard about the Red Sea drying up. How many of you guys could see a scenario where some people are sitting around and said, hey, did you hear about this this group of people sitting on the outside of, of Easley? Uh, yeah, they're just, they're, they have this God and uh, they're on the other side of the uh, Saluda River and God just dried it up and they walked across. If you heard that, how many of you guys could see a scenario in which you'd be like, yeah, right. There were certainly people who heard this story and maybe didn't quite believe it. That's a, that's a good tale. I don't know if I believe it. Rahab heard it. She trusted it. She was willing to say, your God is the God of heaven and of earth. So much so that she put herself in danger. And we're going to talk about that. But here's what it did do, right? Um, if you remember from Romans 10, Paul says that faith comes by hearing, right? Rahab hears. She has faith. And then this is what it does to her for the rest of her life and for the rest of history. Rahab is considered a believer who had great faith. If we were to flip over to Hebrews right now, in that list of great men and matriarchs and patriarchs of our faith, you have Abraham, you have Moses, you got Rahab, the pagan prostitute. James, the brother of Jesus, when he was writing, and James... Uh, See, I wrote it down. James 2.25. James 2.25 says this, in the same way as, as James, the brother of Jesus, is writing about faith and people who, who are righteous. He talks about Abraham. He says, Abraham believed in God. It was credited him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see what a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did, giving lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the, <clears throat> excuse me, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Right before that famous line that everybody, a lot of people know from James, Rahab gets a little screen credit. Rahab is regarded from that point on as a person who had faith. Here's a, here's a. Here's an extra bit of interesting thing about Rahab. If you were to flip to Matthew 1, and I'm not going to read it, but you can flip through and see it for yourself. If you flip to Matthew 1, there's a genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. There's a couple of interesting people in that genealogy. One was Bathsheba and um, David's son who came after the baby who died because of uh, the infidelity and the sin that David engaged in, God, through that kind of relationship again in a sinful way, still redeemed it. And actually, their son was in the line of Messiah. Guess who else is in there? Rahab. Says, uh, he's somewhere around uh, Boaz's mom, I think. Is that right? It's Boaz's mom. Um, and so if you remember the story there with Boaz and Ruth, so you can go and read it yourself. But this pagan prostitute had a bloodline that led to Joseph, 
the earthly father of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? This pagan prostitute, God was already at work in. These spies did not bring truth to her. She already heard the truth and believed it. She actually spoke it to the spies as she's telling them why I'm even doing this. And she's regarded the rest of her life. If you flip over to chapter 6, we're going to get there a little bit later. But if you flip over to chapter 6, it even says that she lived with the Israelites the rest of her life. That they saved her. They were true to their words. She was true to what they told her to do. And she lived in the rest of her life. Faith comes from not only hearing the truth, but letting it influence how we act. A lot of times, we like the, the sermons that make us feel good, and that's good. I do too. We like to memorize scripture, and that's good. I do too. We like to do a lot of things, but the thing that God is looking at is, is it actually influencing what we do? How we act? Who we become? It did that for, for Rahab. And she was regarded the rest of her life as somebody completely different than what she wanted to be a decision. And it had to be this. <clears throat> but the other thing about faith is that there, there had to be a decision and it had to be decisive. Because what did Rahab do? She believed. She knew these people came into her house. She made a choice right then and there. I could die right now. This could not end well for me. I'm a prostitute in a pagan city. And I'm harboring the enemy. And not only that, I'm getting called before the king and I'm about to lie to him about that. That is not the recipe to having a long and healthy life in Jericho. That is the recipe to be made an example of. There's no way, there's no chance, there's no deduction from reading this that Rahab did not understand that. She understood it. She made a decision. It was based on that faith. She had faith over the fear and what that king could do. She was more scared of a God who could dry up a river, who could let a small wandering people defeat these great armies that they had heard about. She had faith in that God over the fear of what the king of Jericho could do. She was determined that she would follow God, and so she hid these men and faced the fear of anything that could happen to her. Faith is demonstrated by our actions. We read that from James. Faith without fear is dead. Rahab believed so strongly that she was willing to risk certain death for her actions. When I was, uh, when I was, um, how old was I? I was 22, 22, 20, 21, somewhere around there. Somewhere in 1999, uh, yeah, I was 22. I went to northern, um, India, and in northern India, uh, it borders Pakistan. Pakistan and India, they're not friends. They don't like each other. They were bombing each other. There's all this kind of stuff going on. Uh, on one side, you have, uh, on one side of the mountain, you have Islamic uh, worshipers and some Hindu that do not believe. And on the other side, you have very kind of peaceful, but also a little bit militant, if we're being honest. Um, Buddhist monks. The militant part comes from the countries because if you ever go to this place, it's, it's gorgeous. There's not much uh, crop you can get from there. There's not a whole lot of natural resources, but it's beautiful. And these two countries both want it. And so they're fighting over it. 
it's not really a friendly place to go if you're on either side. But if you're a foreigner and you're also a Christian, it's really not an easy place to go. Because not only are you going to a place that already has some turmoil, now you're bringing in a religion that these guys don't even believe anyway. But I, well, we did that. So me and some friends, we went and hiked through the Himalayas. And the interesting thing is, what happened about six months before we went, this is a story I really want to focus on, not so much ours, six months before we went, with that same knowledge in their brains, hiking the same trail that we hiked, there was four, um, there, was a, there was a group of about eight believers, and four of them were murdered by locals because of what they were doing. Now, anybody who did this understood what they were taking on. The idea is that they had a fear of the God who could destroy the soul, right? The God who could dan- who could condemn the soul to eternal damnation rather than someone who could just take their life and put them into the eternal presence and peace of Jesus. They had a fear over their faith. But the other thing is they proved that they had the faith because they were willing to act. They were willing to go. They were willing to do this thing. You can, you can read stories and you could probably tell me stories of people that, that you know who have had faith in God to the point they were doing something that they um, didn't know about. In fact, just this morning, Naaman was sharing with me, literally like when we were shaking hands before I came up here. Nathan just told me a story where something similar happened to him. He was at a party and it was a cousin. It was a cousin. This was a cousin he liked. And they were they were other people there were partying and whatnot, and Naaman wasn't necessarily. And they said, hey, you're a Christian, right? And they kind of started poking fun at him because of his belief. wasn't allowing them to in, engage in the amount of fun that they were having. And he said, it kind of made me feel bad. But I felt God speak to my spirit the next day, and that made me feel better. God kind of propped him up for his faith. I've been in that situation. It's easy to kind of cower and hide that. Well, what kind of faith is it if we don't act on it? If God tells us to love our enemies, pray for those who persecute you, what kind of faith is it if once we do that? If God tells us to be holy as He is holy, and yet we intentionally don't, now we're never going to quite get there. One day we will be made perfect. One day we will be made new and whole. We won't quite get there, but if we don't even try, what kind of faith is that? last thing that I want to talk about in Joshua 2 is that faith that is demonstrated, this demonstrated faith, this hearing the truth, believing it, let it influence our actions, is always rewarded. For some people, and in that same list of Hebrews 11, where it talks about all these great men and women of faith, for some people, they didn't get that reward until they entered into eternity with, with God. But God also lets us experience it sometimes here on earth. And for Rahab, that was true. Can you imagine Rahab's family? I mean, she, she probably wasn't the... I'm going to guess. I don't know how the rest of the family was. It could have been one of those families that everybody just knew they were trouble. There's also a possibility that Rahab was like the embarrassment of the family. Everybody else is kind of doing whatever. And she's being a prostitute and kind of doing her thing and... It could have been in Jericho that wasn't not an immoral thing. I don't know. 
But regardless, can you imagine Rahab saying, hey, all you got to do is come to my house. I'm going to tie the string here. We're going to be okay. There's a good chance some of those people may react like if you told me the Saluda River dried up for a group of believers that are on the other side, a group of people who believe in something that was on the other side. Like, yeah, right. You're going you're to tie a string. Everybody else in the city is going to die, and you're going to be okay. Yet she demonstrated that, and it was rewarded. If you look at chapter 6, verse 25, <coughs> excuse me, it's, it tells us that. Her family was saved and she lived with the Israelites for the rest of her life. That demonstrated faith is rewarded. That even when it seems hard, if God's calling us into to loving our neighbors, if God's calling us into loving family that's just hard to love, invite them over. Let me, God, let me join you where you're already at work. Well, I'm already in work and your cousin who bugs, who bugs the style of you and I want you to invite him over for dinner every week and begin to build a relationship and love them. That doesn't sound fun, God. I'd rather do something else. But trusting that God is leading you there is always going to be rewarded. It's never going to not. You, we may not see that reward like there's a lot of people who preach the gospel in such a way that they, all you got to do is believe this and everything's going to be great and you're going to get all the reward now. And all that reward is generally monetary if you give a certain amount to my ministry. <laughs> we may not see it today. Who cares? If I don't see it in the, I don't know how long I'm going to be alive, but 43 years is how long, 42 years is how long I have been alive. If I don't see it in my 42 years on earth, but I experience it for all of eternity. Man, what a, what a, what a great trade-off that would be. I'll let go. But sometimes, a lot of times, God lets us experience it now too. That's even better. That's like, Icing on top of the already great cake. And I'm a cake lover. I'm in the middle of this fitness nutrition thing, so I can't have cake right now. And I'm worried about what I'm going to do in a couple weeks because it's Ben's birthday. We'll freeze some, I think, for me after until after this wait, eight weeks is over. But um, that's just that icing on top of the cake. And if you're wondering where the best one is, it's the Publix with the buttercream icing. I'll quit talking about it. It's that buttercream icing on top of that already great cake. That you get to experience it now. Rahab got to experience it now. In fact, what probably wasn't known is here I am a prostitute and the Messiah is actually going to come through my family line. I'm about to marry into royalty. David's about to come out later on down the road. Solomon. This is happening through my bloodline. What, what an amazing story from this one woman. But I still wonder about that family. These people are marching around the city, not making a, not saying a word. How intimidating would that be? They're right there. You could get them. And they're so confident. They're not saying a word every day for seven days. I would be scared if I was in that city. And I got this family member coming to me and saying, hey, I got a shoestring on my window. We're all good. Come on over. They believed. She believed they would keep their word and she was rewarded. That demonstrated faith is rewarded faith. 
when we join God on mission, we are demonstrating that we have faith that God is leading us and that God is already working where he is leading us. It doesn't always feel effective. I can promise you that. Natalie and I, three years ago, three and a half years ago, felt convicted by God, felt pulled by God, felt called by God to start doing some things in our neighborhood. And we had some talks. Like, so we just started throwing parties. So anytime someone had something to celebrate, we would throw a party. We had a neighbor who graduated college. Uh, she was a little bit now. It's in her early 30s. We threw a party. You know, it's, it's New Year's Eve. We throw a party. You know, it's, it's 4th of July. We'll do a big cookout and throw a party. You know, whatever it was. And, and we felt like God was calling us to that. So we just said, well, I don't really know how else to engage our neighbors to throw a party. And one I mean, I remember, like, after it was over, like, some of the parties were cleaned up and, and I was like, are we doing anything? And I was like, I don't know. It feels like we're not. But we just had trust that God had called us there. He was leading us on mission to do that. And I'll tell you, there's a Bible study that goes on in our neighborhood now for the ladies. Uh, it happens like every other Tuesday night. And Natalie was telling this to me because we like to encourage each other because sometimes we still feel like, are we doing anything? And she said, hey, you know, this specific family... The, the wife was here at the Bible study. And they were asking everybody to share a faith journey. And this lady was talking about their faith journey starting with a party at our house. And then being pulled into a Bible study that we were doing on Sundays. That wasn't a party. And then their family is now, like they're going to a church and they're involved. And their son is now raised, is being raised in this church. And that's a, and I love that story. Because we didn't do any, I mean... We literally did nothing but say, hey, come over to our backyard. We'll let the kids go wild. We'll, we'll cook a little bit of food, and, and we'll just hang out. And God brought, has drawn people to him through that. That's not the only story like that, and I love to see that. That's true for us as a church. Sometimes it can feel that it's ineffective. But if we are listening to God, obedient God, following God, where he is already on at work, and we just join him what he's doing, it's not going to be left alone. It will be rewarded. Even if we don't see the reward here. So today, we get to come to the table to remember the words of Jesus, to, to, to ask that the Holy Spirit would convict us and draw us in such a way that we are following God where, where He is leading us. Knowing that taking this bread and drinking the juice, we have juice, it means that we're going to get the reward for eternity it's at some point, whenever we do that. And that's going to feel like a, this 43 years, feel like, like it won't even matter. So today as we pray, my, my prayer, and I hope it's yours, is that I s pray every day, God, would you show me where you're already working? Let me be a part of what you're already doing. Because he will. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful that at some point in history, you were working and it affected our lives. All of us are here this morning because we have a faith in you. And that faith came either because a family member, life wasn't changed. God, you... When my granddad was 18 years old in Greenwood, South Carolina, you showed him that you were real. And that that 
Pentecost Holiness Church in South Greenwood. You transformed his heart when he was 18 years old. As a result, my dad was raised to believe in you. As a result, I was. At some point, God, you engaged somebody or us directly to have this faith in you. And we're thankful. God, would we be people who look to see where you're already at work? Maybe we don't even get to see it yet, but we just follow your spirit, trusting, knowing that you are already working. God, whether we ever see the fruits or not, may we continually follow you, trusting that you are leading us where you want us to go. God, this morning as we come to the table, as we... Uh, Remember your sacrifice, God. Would you help us to remember that the faith in you is better than having fear in what the outcomes could be because any negative outcomes is just going to be a blip on the radar to the ultimate reward that we get in eternity. We love you, God, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information, please visit us at www.mosaiceasley.org.